Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to the Kaiju Cast, my dearest, dearest listeners. I know you're expecting me to say the only podcast dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes, but uh, I can't actually say that anymore. I'll tell you all about that later, but let's get to the basics. This is episode 15 for March 2010, and I'm a little wary to tell you that this episode has no special guest. I'm trying something a little new this month. The meat of the episode will actually be about Godzilla vs. Gigan which is the object of this month's Daikaiju discussion. I've got some uh, knowledge to drop on you about this film, and we'll hear from almost all of my past Portland guests. That's right, I was able to somehow get Martin, Jody, Jeff, Cindy, Sane, Tiger, and myself all squeezed into my place here to watch the 72 uh, Godzilla film. And, well, I'll let you hear the recording of that magical moment in Godzilla history. I also have a wee bit of news to share, but we'll start this off with some music, a request from Pedro for the main title, repeat, of Godzilla vs. Gigan.
Gamera, Gamera, why have you forsaken us? We are going to backtrack for this set. The last uh, song I played was Koatani's Destruction of Shibuya, one of my favorite memories from a kaiju film. The track before was actually from the Godzilla Perfect Collection box set 5, disc 6, track 6, and I am not kidding about the name for those who think I might be, or the little tree I did there. Uh, and the name of the bonus disc that it's on is called um, Ostinato. And what I learned from the internet, which is always the best source of information, right, uh, is that Ostinato is a motif or phrase which is persistently repeated in the same musical voice. That doesn't really mean much here. It's just a word I didn't know. So I looked it up, and uh, now you can say you learned something from the Kaiju cast. Anyway, it's a bonus disc, and I'm not really 100% sure what film that track is from, but I have my suspicions that it was originally from Monster Zero. And, uh, of course, I started things off with Pedro's request for Godzilla vs. Gigan main theme repeat. And when I say repeat, that's the second time it appears in that soundtrack. So it's it's uh, the first track in the, in the CD, and then they bring it back for a second time, but it's a little bit different. But let's talk about that, shall we? If you've uh, never heard me say this before, I actually started this podcast in order to learn more about Godzilla soundtracks. A year and a half ago, I would have thought that the that this was like originally written for the film in 1972. But are you ready for the shocker? It's actually three different bits from other movies mixed together. Instead of trying to reword this, here's what I found out through GodzillaMonsterMusic.com. In the main title, the dramatic fanfare was taken from a 1959 Toho gangster film called The Big Boss. In that film, the cue is used to score a chilling dream sequence, but in Gigan, it serves as a breathtaking prelude to the title music as the Toho logo appears on screen. The version of the main title heard in track one is actually a combination of three different cues, the aforementioned Big Boss motif, Godzilla's theme from Godzilla vs. The Thing, and the opening march in Battle in Outer Space. Curiously, this is not the version used in the film. Uh, Tracks 30 and 31 have unorthodox origins. They were originally composed by Ifukube for a Toho-produced multimedia exhibit called Nature in Japan and the Japanese Dream, 
held at Expo 70's Mitsubishi Pavilion. These epic themes are as monumental as any of Ifukube's more familiar motifs, easily justifying their appearance in a Godzilla film, and arguably upstaging most of the other stock cues used in Gigan. The first of these tracks, originally titled Storm, scores the destruction of the Godzilla Tower. The second, Volcano, is played during the final battle sequence. Both cues are extended to nearly three times their original length for these scenes. <clears throat> now here's the, here's the bit about the track I played. For some unknown reason, the actual film version of the Gigan main title is uh, pushed back to track 33. This version features an abbreviated edit of the Volcano Cue instead of the Battle in Outer Space March heard on track 1. The remastered Perfect Collection edition of this soundtrack corrects the error by moving the film version to track 1 and eliminating the battle variation altogether. Trivia buffs may be pleased to know that Volcano was used in the Japanese trailer for the previous Godzilla film, the 1971 Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. So where does this leave us right now? Well, we better get to the factoids that I have. Godzilla vs. Gigan, uh, or in Japanese, Chikyu Kogeki Mieru, Gojira Tai Gigan, which actually means Earth Attack Mission, Godzilla vs. Gigan, was released on March 12th, 1972 in Japan. The attendance was 1,780,000 in Japan. The U.S. release title is Godzilla on Monster Island. It was directed by Jun Fukuda, who had previously directed The Secret of the Telegian, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, and Son of Godzilla. He went on to direct Godzilla vs. Megalon as well. Now, the film features Godzilla, Angulus, King Ghidra, and a brand new monster, Gigan. It stars Hiroshi Ishikawa, Yurio Hishima, who actually played Ann Yuri in Ultra 7, Minoru Takashima, Tomoku Umeda, Toshiaki Nishizawa, Zan Fujita, Kunio Murai, Gen Shimuzu, and Akio Murata, among others. It was released in 1977 in the United States when Cinema Shares International renamed it Godzilla on Monster Island. According to Steve Rifle and Japan's favorite Monstar, which is another awesome Godzilla book, Cinema Shares released Godzilla on Monster Island in 1977, a year after Godzilla vs. Megalon, which is the subsequent film. Cinema Shares actually put a lot of uh, promotion into Godzilla vs. Megalon, but for some reason they didn't into Monster Island. I know a lot of people told me that they wanted to see Godzilla on Monster Island when I was talking about Godzilla films for the 50 years of Godzilla Film Festival. So I was lucky enough to be able to get almost all of my previous Portland guests to sit down here at the KaijuCast screening room, a.k.a. my living room, and watch Godzilla vs. Gigan just a few days ago. So let's hear what went down. Jeff, what did you think about Godzilla vs. Gigan? I enjoy it. It's hard really not to like um, the later Godzilla movies of the, you know, the Showa period i mean it, i i believe that they're totally geared towards children by this point and there are some elements such as you know the uh godzilla speaking element which i could have done without definitely and even when i was a kid and i saw it i think i did not care for that but overall the film is i mean i think it's a hell of a lot of fun the set design is great 
the villains are 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 fun. It's got good pacing. I think it's one of the better ones of the the last few films, with the exception of Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. It's got a lot of fighting in it. Lots yeah. and lots of fighting. Yeah, the, the end battle between the uh, four monsters is is pretty entertaining. And, y- you know, I had kind of forgotten about the uh, uh, blood gushers. Yeah. It's a couple of nice... Well, we'll, we'll do... In a, f- in a few minutes, we'll do some stage setting here. I'll tell you guys a little bit more about what was going on around that time in Japan. But since uh, Martin's to my right here, what uh, what'd you think, man? Um, I have never seen this one before, and um, to me, this was a like a one-time viewing. It was enjoyable, but I think it was enjoyable for all of the reasons. Like I, I don't even know what the plot of this one was. I I don't. I don't. I, I don't know what the aliens were trying to accomplish. I don't know anything. Like it was kind of interesting to watch from a point of view of like the the switching between the suits and and just the. Um, uh, once again, the models were really awesome the way they bust apart and do all that stuff. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think it was like, it was, it was enjoyable to watch for the, for the laughter part of it. So you had never seen this movie either, Jody. What was, what were your thoughts? I mean, I know we had a lot of thoughts going back and forth, but overall just kind of general feeling about the film. Um, okay. So this was my first time seeing it and I actually found it quite entertaining um, I think we had a great peanut gallery as we were watching it, which always makes this type of movie more fun to watch for me because no one's getting mad and going, shh, shh, shh don't do that, you know, and uh, <laughs> most of the I time. I did not do that. <laughs> most of the time. Um, I do have to say it was a bit shocking when the monsters talked. Um, it was one of those, wait, no, no, they didn't. Really? Are you sure? Like, it, it, that was quite interesting yeah you definitely had to shake that off i could see yes it was i almost wanted to go back and watch the scene again because i actually did not catch what they said because i was so surprised that they there were words coming out of their mouth well along with the record scratches yeah it's it's really hard to hear what they're saying godzilla actually has a little more of a like you can tell what he's saying a little bit more than angulus for me i can i, I can barely understand what he's saying Sane. Hey. Buddy. Yes. What'd you think? Oh, well, I've seen this movie. I mean, a billion times. At probably, least. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I've actually always liked it. Kind of a soft spot in my heart. Um, but it is, it, you know, the older I get, the more I recognize kind of the deficiencies of the budgetary restraints at this point. You know, they were, they were getting cheaper, unfortunately. A lot of stock footage. And, and, uh, Godzilla suit is obviously incredibly ratty by this point. And uh, but it's still fun, you know. As Jody pointed out during the viewing, though, it is one of the f- movies that they relied very little on Godzilla's heat breath in the film. Even though it, you know, there's numerous occasions where it would have been useful for him to <laughs> to breathe, uh, you know, his heat beam at some of the enemies. But uh, you know, I I imagine it came down to once again budget restraints. It's like that that required animators to draw it in those days and. And that was one less thing that they they had to spend money on. So, yeah. but uh, still, I enjoyed the film quite a bit. Of so. course, I mean it's one of those classics. When when we were talking about which movies to show at the film festival, a lot of people said, "Oh, you should play Godzilla on Monster Island," which is the American title of this movie. Cindy. Well, I hadn't seen this one in English in quite a while. The last I think two times I saw it, I saw it in Japanese with the subtitles. 
So the sound of the voices for the monsters uh, surprised me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and like you said, it's like you're straining to understand what the dialogue actually is. Yeah, you've got that background sound. Yeah, there, there's some DJ in the background scratching at the same time. Terrible, terrible DJ. What about you, Tiger? Well, I honestly thought the modeling was pretty good. I mean, the thing that was kind of disappointing was then the monsters died. I mean. <laughs> But All right, that's a little harm. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good answer. None of the monsters died. They all survived. They all lived to fight another day. Yep. All right, so I'm gonna the do that. In the seventies. Yes, I'm gonna do that stage setting thing now. So if, just so those who don't know about this, I know Sane and Cindy probably know a lot about this. Uh, the the year this came out is 1972, and uh, 1969 is when we saw the very first superheroes the henshin heroes come out on tv before ultraman and space giants which is known as magmatashi and um who else kikaida and kamen rider before those guys came out if you wanted to see big action like that you'd have to see it in the movie theater but with the advances in television and uh other you know studios setting up shop and doing the basically small godzilla productions for weekly television shows that really put a strain on the movie industry in Japan. And so what ended up happening is they had less money, like Sane was talking about, to, to make the films. And then aside from that, they had to do certain things to bring in the audiences because, you know, why go see a movie in the theater when you can sit it in front of your TV and watch it? Or, you know, the equivalent. If you watch the old Ultramans, they're actually pretty good. You know, the, the effects you see are just right on par with uh, these Godzilla movies. But uh, that's sort of what was happening. That's why you have a lot of stock footage. That's why, uh, and I don't know if uh, actually necessarily the the animation of the Godzilla's breath was a money-saving technique. I'm sure it probably was. But when does Ultraman use his beam in the show? It's at the very end, right before he's going to get defeated. That's uh, That's sort of what's happening in Japanese cinema in 1970. 1972, 1973, and it just gets progressively worse for Godzilla until he takes his break in 75. Tell me, uh, Sane, since you have the microphone, tell me something that you would have done differently about that movie. I think probably just from a storytelling point of view, it's like, I mean, yes, they were they were definitely gearing towards children at this point, and at this point, you'll notice that, I mean, numerous times in the Showa series at this point, um, Alien invaders have come to the earth we saw it with the the key lacks and destroy all monsters and and uh and their goal always seems to be the same like genocide of the human species destroy the monsters and take over the planet i was wondering what what tactical advantage that gave the the aliens uh, we never find out really why the key lacks want the earth and and you kind of get the uh, impression from this movie that that the uh, the roach aliens want it just because uh their planet was destroyed and they were going to conquer ours a la war of the worlds but that's not made real clear in the movie and no. uh you know and i'm sure they were they were expecting an eight-year-old audience to have to follow this so they didn't really write into many uh you know subtleties in the plot let's say so the bug people are bad yeah kill the bug when people. aren't they you when know, aren't really. they yeah exactly yeah it's like 
been shown over and over again in the history of science fiction cinema. That, you know, I was like the Godzilla and Angelus like really don't seem to like each other in the movie, but they just kind of go ahead and go with their plan. We'll just save the Earth anyway. So it's like, you know, something something's weird going on. But it's like they don't seem particularly fond of each other at any point in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Angelus an award for most worthless cohort <laughs> i was gonna have to say did you see how little angulus actually did like i don't know if you know this but angulus is actually one of my favorite monsters too, yeah. and to see him in such a um what's the word useless role really kind of made me sad and this is something that came up in our discussion was that you know as we're watching the movie it's like it seems like like Godzilla actually has to tell him what to do turn around and hit him with your spikes you know it's like hello how many other films has he been in where he just is like I'm gonna roll up in a ball and I'm just gonna attack you know and we didn't really see that well so. again, the chronology you gotta remember the, like that that element of his attack like you didn't see technically <laughs> for decades later you know if this movie is supposed to actually kind of vaguely supposed to be taking place when it was made in 72 yeah. you know he, he doesn't use that attack again against Ghidra until 1999 so it's like they're Abbott and Costello in, in this one it's like Angelus is just kind of like there for almost like comic relief he can't like do anything right you know Godzilla sends him off and of course he comes back defeated. And then, uh, you know, he can't do anything <laughs> at all in the final battle <laughs> until Godzilla gives him a little bit of a pep talk or some direction or whatever. Some marching orders. Tiger? Well, I thought the talking was a little dumb because when would monsters ever talk? Actually, well, you know, another thing about the talking is they used a lot of body language. In this movie, which they did in the Smog Monster too, my friend Gilbert, um, who I went to school with, uh, he was fascinated by the actual body language, lang- like the actual language that they use by movement to talk to one another, and it's really prevalent in this movie. Like you have that sort of "I'm ready to fight, come on, fight me" move, and then everybody's talking with just sort of like moving their arm up and down. I, I'm kind of like Geigen. I talk with my hands. Geigen talks with his hammer claws. <laughs> and also, maybe I wouldn't... It, maybe, like, the aliens could be something else besides cockroaches. Maybe, like, just aliens with elf ears. I don't know. Anything. Blue. Yes. Yeah. Anything yeah, blue aliens. <laughs> Anything besides insects. Yeah, the insects were pretty pretty weird, huh? And how about that shadow cast on the wall that looks like the roach? I mean, I'm no, I'm no science major, <laughs> but something tells me that light wouldn't bend around the, uh, the human uniform <laughs> like it would and show the shadow of a cockroach. The thing I was also surprised was there's a girl. She's really good. She's doing karate, I think. But she's afraid of cockroaches. Are you afraid of cockroaches? Nope, not yet. <laughs> not yet, okay. Nice. Cindy, if you could have done something differently about this movie, maybe strip something out of it. We've already talked about how the talking <coughs> monsters were pretty lame, but what else is this movie could have gone by the wayside and you would have been happier with it? If they had had the aliens wearing a different color. You mean other than orange? Other than orange. <laughs> and navy blue? Uh, orange ascots were okay, the... The two lead villains in orange suits, though? No. They <laughs> earth tones as well. 
<laughs> yeah. Who knows what those aliens were thinking when they came to this planet in the mid early seventies? Yeah. The black and white, like saying just I don't know if it got recorded, saying just said, Well, maybe they're colorblind. And there is an argument for that with the elevator scene yeah. with the black and white photo or you know, drawings, you know. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think that's more of a more of a money issue. <laughs> we well, be that as it may, it's still an <laughs> argument for colorblind aliens. Or maybe the army guys were like, "Hey, man, could you could you maybe color this?" And the guy was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, those prismatone like markers are twenty five dollars a piece. I can't. I'm an inker. <laughs> 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 no, I guess he's not an inker technically because he was coloring uh, Mamagon the exact same color as his girlfriend's dress. I discussed that I, uh, during the films, like the two actual models that they used for the flying Ghidra and Gigan. I always love them. I can't believe like nobody's ever made models of them because they're kind of inaccurate and weird and poorly scaled. Yeah, <laughs> I think like, I've seen a flying Gigan resin kit before. Yeah, yeah. like uh, they're great. But mm. as far as design goes, yeah. segueing here. As far as design goes, I love the original Gigan design. Oh yeah. Like when you look at him compared to the other monsters, it's just like really tight like every every line and every design element like the way his tail moves the way he's got the big hook hands this whole mouth situation that's uh top notch to me i really well, like his you design. can see the the drastic difference in like you know kind of craftsmanship and pride of the you know uh costume making when you go to like megalon which yeah. is right next you know the next film and it's uh Megalon's so poorly made. I mean, he's such a poorly constructed looking monster. Yeah, he's kind of he's brightly colored, but there's really not much thought there. And and they're getting weirder with the drill hands and stuff like that. I mean, it's like for some reason I can suspend my disbelief with the <laughs> cyborg chicken from space. But yeah, but uh, but Megalon's just so poorly made. I mean, he. I was actually always kind of surprised at that movie. I even past muster, you know, at Toho, or like where they're just like, we got to get another Godzilla movie out there. What do you got? We got this giant, you know, cockroach giant cockroach with, with drill yeah. bits for hands. Nah. The last movie we okay, had cockroach just... aliens. What if we did a monster cockroach? Yeah, let's bring it in under budget. I don't care anymore. Anyone want to say something? You guys were like all talkative after <laughs> after Final Wars. What's going on? For me, it doesn't doesn't make me as passionate as like you know Final Wars. This one I've always you know because I saw it as a kid. It has that soft spot in my heart, just like Sane said. You know, unlike Final Wars, which kind of you know gets everybody. I think it got every Godzilla fan, you know, had a strong opinion about that movie. And this one is just, I mean, for me, it's just fun. I can see how maybe someone like a, a, a newbie would kind of like have some problems with it. It might seem really dated. And it is, you know, dated, but if you have an affection for it, like I think some of us do, um, you know, it's it's hard to really crap on it too much. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you just, I mean, you just enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, like you guys know Monster Zero is like my favorite Godzilla movie, and that's from 64. But you get a movie like this, and I don't see any real improvements, except for maybe Gigan, you know, other than the stock footage from War of the Gargantuas. <laughs> they really have improved their stock footage technique in this movie. I counted at least five different films, I think, that we stole stole footage from. And it, do you think that the the blood splurts were from uh, because Gamera was doing that in those movies? Because the first Gamera movie came out in '65, and then they yeah. right, I think '65, yeah, and then 66, yeah. then they were. Uh, you know, so three years later is when you had 
heavy blood. Or actually, just two years later. But yeah, the they're Gauss. horribly grisly in those films. Yeah, because I mean, they're definitely so much more juvenile than even the Godzilla movies. It's like you know, they're 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 biting off feet and you know cutting Slicing off wings. Off wings and, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's. I, I remember like when I saw the blood in this movie, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Especially when it hit the camera that one time. I was like, I've seen that in movies today. Yeah. <laughs> That's a technique that hasn't died, I'm, I'm glad to say. I think in general, I'm really, I'm I'm not a fan of this film. I, I watched it intently tonight, but this is one of the lower quality films, obviously. And uh, personally, it's just in my low 10 of the Godzilla films. I'm really not a fan of any of the 70s movies. Even the smog monster, you know, a lot of people remember how awesome, quote unquote, awesome <laughs> it was. And I'm just, you know, I don't even really, I'm not a big fan of the Mechagodzilla movies either, even though I completely understand that there were some revolutionary things going on there for Godzilla monsters. Yeah, I always, th- I mean, I liked the first Mechagodzilla. I thought that was like a step up. Because I'm, I'm not a big fan of the smog monster. It just was like too much, I thought, for me personally but all these later movies like i said before were i mean they're a little i mean because of the budget and because a lot of the uh kind of convoluted plot not even really convoluted it's like lack of plot well i think you know when they were making these movies they really didn't think people going to go back and watch them over and over again they could get away with the stock footage kind of thing because you know it had been how many years since you'd seen that footage you have like eight-year-olds in the audience who wouldn't even recognize that how about them uh, cardboard buildings? Oh, I really, I really enjoyed the the miniature work and in, in the new footage. I mean, yeah. that's, it was good. It is uh, the, the the architecture is always a little funny in the in the monster land because it's just like uh, make them s- squares and mushrooms. The, those yeah. look like buildings, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cubes. Yeah, that that Godzilla tower is really awesome, though. Yeah. I mean, I while I would like to get the toy someday, I'd rather have a big model. I'd like yeah. have. Love to have like the five foot tall version somewhere in my backyard, maybe in my next house. Make a concrete, yep. Someday. Make it a fountain. That would be rad. Yeah. Turn it on, like have the water come up through Godzilla and have it come out through his blue LEDs. Blue LEDs, (laughs) yeah. Jody's got a great idea. Okay, that's it. You need two fountains. Two fountains. You need one Godzilla at one end of your yard, and you have to put the King Ghidorah at the other end. Okay. Three heads, three jets of water. Yeah. With yellow lights behind exactly. them. Yep. Nice. That's it. I could have sworn you were going to say Bialante in the oh. other end. <laughs> no Bialante. <laughs> no, but the three, you know, the three heads. That'd be pretty cool. I just need somebody who who can weld and do you know iron work for yeah, me. Exactly. It'd be great. That would be rad. Yeah. All right, so I I guess we don't really have that much more stuff to talk about for this movie. I guess overall the movie is sort of uh, it's kitsch. It's kitsch. Yeah, it's somewhat it's disappointing it's for a Godzilla film. <laughs> what you were saying earlier, Jeff, about how Final Wars has such a big impact and a lot of people had a giant opinion about it. I guess this movie sort of has the opposite effect on me. I don't really like it that much. It doesn't make me go, "Yay! What's the next Godzilla movie coming out?" Because if I did, then I'd say Megalon. Yeah. But uh, that's not, you know, that's neither here nor there. I think in general, this movie could have been a lot better. But considering what was going on at the time, it'd be hard in Japan and 
Japanese cinema specifically, it would be difficult to sort of project a better scenario for the studio. I know this movie, uh, I can't tell you guys what the movie made and how much it costs, but I would, I'd be willing to bet that they were suffering from the same thing they're suffering right now, which is like dwindling sales, dwindling audience. And this is why we get movies like Godzilla versus Gigan instead of destroy all monsters. Final thoughts, Jeff Dean. I mean, I just have to repeat what I said before, basically, that I think, you know, for people of our age who grew up watching this movie, it you know, it has a, you know, a soft spot in my heart because, you know, liking it as a kid. But, you know, I mean, I agree with all the criticisms of the film. And it is entertaining watching these kind of movies now. You can kind of laugh at it. But, uh, you know, it's like I said, I can I can totally wholeheartedly understand somebody who maybe hadn't really seen uh, this film or film from this era before, kind of not really getting it, you know. I guess overall, I found it highly entertaining. I mean, it was my first time seeing it, so I don't have the sentimental value attached to it that some of the others here do. Um, but at the same time, I f- I, it was entertaining. I liked it. I laughed. And part of that was the peanut gallery out here, which I truly enjoyed, which, you know, that's me. That's me. I think that that speaks to the film, though, because even though some of the older films like Monster Zero and uh, Ghidra and Mothra versus Godzilla, even though they have some hokey stuff in them, they do seem like they're a little more seriously made. And it's not, I don't know, how am I going to say this? It's not as easy to quickly point out the faults and kind of laugh at them. They're they're not as funny, I guess I would say. Even though there are hilarious things in Monster Zero, the curly shoes, you know, the she jumping, you know, that's it's ridiculous, but it's it's tiny little things as opposed to a current that goes through the entire film. What about you, Cindy? Final thoughts on Godzilla versus Gigan. Well, it has some sentimental value for me because I saw it growing up. You know, I I normally would watch these films in Japanese with the English subtitles. Um, it's a this film's kind of a mixed bag for me because there's all that lighthearted stuff, the homework monster, the very kitschy orange costumes on the villains, and then there's the really knockdown drag out fight scenes with the gushing blood, which is almost the opposite side of the same, you know, that coin. It's one of those, like I said, nostalgia things. I enjoy watching it, but it's probably not one of the Godzilla films that I'm actually going to seek out to watch repeatedly. Yeah, I only have two versions of this on DVD. Wow. Only two. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to buy any more. Okay. Final thoughts, Sane? Um, my final thought, probably uh, the future is uh, clear acrylic rotary telephones. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. And spray-painted PVC pipe. Um <laughs> No, I, I like this movie. I always have. Uh, it's one of those films I watched as a child over and over again because it played fairly regularly, and I've always enjoyed it. Um, I've always kind of liked the rather grisly elements of the movie because the uh, the, uh, the monster fights are, are rather vicious, which is kind of... For, for an opponent of Godzilla's that's covered in, you know, razor-sharp spikes and buzz saws and... and gnashing steel mandibles of course i would expect you know, them to get a, a little bit uh beat up um 
but it definitely marks kind of the era where the movies are not enjoyable to me until uh, until 84 when they restart the series because uh the all the 70s films i'm just not a fan of i've never really liked mechagodzilla i find it amazing that so many people love those movies and that monster in particular because he always uh he suffers from the exact same problem that I found in the late uh, 90s series, which is uh, monsters that stand in one place and fire beams at each other, which was just boring to me. So it's like he was kind of the template for that, unfortunately. And um, But uh, but no, I, I really love this movie, and I, I probably always will. Um, I expect, you know, when my son gets a little older, it'll be one of the first ones he watches because it's, it's lighthearted enough without being, you know— intolerable to me because I, I can't sit through Megalon again unless it's like the mystery science theater version or something so yeah that's uh, no. <laughs> no I don't know when that is that's going to be a bad one uh, I'm going to have a <laughs> have to do a little bit of drinking I'm busy beforehand let make it a drinking game okay every time every time Godzilla does something stupid yeah. like jump through the air well that's 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 puppy dog godzilla too i always thought they took a huge step backwards in the design of godzilla he, he looks so ridiculously kind of cartoony by that definitely period. cartoony. I, I love this godzilla it's like it's always i always find it a shame that this was the last film that featured this suit because i always like that suit and kind of frog-faced godzilla it's like he's, he's well proportioned and he's kind of you know real reptilian still and yeah you know well, it's a shame Martin left because he would actually be thrilled to know that next month is Godzilla versus Hydra. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Awesome. yeah, weird randomizing going on there. So, don't not come just because it's a '70s movie. And after that is, uh, and then after that is actually, I might do a little shuffling uh, because uh, that's the month that I'm going to be uh, hopefully in Idaho for the. Uh, anime convention where I'm going to have a table and do some panels, yo. Yeah, but uh, Tiger, do you have any final thoughts on the film? How about this? Would you recommend the film to your friends to watch as a Godzilla movie? I recommend it for like seven or eight-year-olds and youngers that haven't really know much about Godzilla. That don't don't really know what he's all about. That's a good answer. Cool. Well, I want to thank you guys all for showing up. Really great turnout. Sorry Rob couldn't be here with us. Otherwise, we would have had every single Portland guest here in one room, maximizing my seating capacity. (laughs) So thank you, Tiger. Thank you, Sane, for coming out. Cindy, Jody, Jeff, and Martin, who's left. And uh, let's hear what other people have to say about the movie. The coolest thing about showcasing a popular or well-known Godzilla film or kaiju film is that I actually get a lot more responses than uh, stuff like Daimajin. So uh, no worries there. I understand these these films are a little more accessible to everybody. So let's get started. Steven Schilling uh, had to say that Godzilla vs. Gigan was one of the original Godzilla movies that he had never seen. Watching a Godzilla movie as a newbie was fun. But he had to say that the film on a whole was terrible. He found the visual effects to be particularly low and was extremely distracted by cutting between new footage shot at night with combat footage from Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster portrayed at high noon. Totally agree with you, man. He also goes on to say that at one point during the battle, Godzilla seems to remember, Oh, right, I'm the badass here. Because that's, you know, he was basically on his you know, on his deathbed, it almost looked like he wasn't going to get back up. Steven enjoyed the human story to this one. 
the missing boy and his teacher who turn out to have been kidnapped, killed, and uh, used as <laughs> the skin for the for the aliens. It was moving in its portrayal. The heroism of the hippie kids and especially the black belt female character, which surely was, must be one of the first, they were all a blast for him, and he enjoyed the idea of the Godzilla Tower, Japan finally adapting to their national tormentor slash protector. He said it's not a film he would revisit except with his kids when they're old enough. Pedro mentioned that he thought he would have been a little more curious about the chairman calculating all those advanced mathematics uh, than Gengo was, and... I agree. That was really weird. Although, you know, first day on a new job, maybe don't want to question the boss there. That's what I'm thinking. He also noted Angulus's lack of being able to do anything and uh, the overuse of mismatched stock footage. Another listener, Bill, asked a question about Nebulous Space Hunter M. And it's actually, the to answer your question, it's actually called M Space Hunter, and it's a nebula in space, so it's an area of space, and the aliens were from a now-dead or dying Earth-like planet. So I'm going to blame the dubbing for making that one more confusing. Bill then goes on to note that uh, the movie itself is kind of a mixed bag for him. He clearly disagrees with me on the design of Geigen and his buzzsaw stomach and claws. Bill also enjoys the earlier films with a more epic feel to them and notes how apparent it is that the budgets were getting much smaller between the stock footage shots. And uh, he ranks Godzilla vs. Gigan as probably one of the lesser efforts of the Showa series, if not the entire Godzilla series as well. Cockroach aliens, cartoonists, ears of corn, smaller budget all adds up to less than satisfying Godzilla experience. Give him Godzilla vs. The Thing any day. And, dude, I agree. The 60s were the heyday for Godzilla films, in my opinion. Chris wrote in to say that Godzilla vs. Gigan is a film that suffers from a low budget and a recycled plot, though it must be said that despite these handicaps, Godzilla vs. Gigan thrives on a truly unique monster and a quirky cast that remains one of the most memorable in the franchise. To be honest, this film could have been considerably worse, and I would still love it if only for the line... Oh, he must have thought it was a gun. Oh, corn cob hippie, you say the funniest things. And uh, Chris, when I read that, I just had to read it exactly as you wrote it because it sounded so perfect in my head. Robert wrote in to say that he recently watched this again with his kids, and they all liked the part where the commander is dying and cries, Why? Uh, it's fitting that he metamorphoses into a cockroach and then questions his predicament in a Kafka-esque way. And Robert, I'm going to have to get back to you on that uh, paper that you emailed me, but I look forward to reading it. So there you have it, Daikaiju discussion number three, Godzilla versus Gigan. Good job, class. Excellent work. Excellent writing in from everybody. Excellent group participation. I'm really looking forward to what everybody has to say about next month's movie, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, a.k.a. Godzilla versus Hydra. I guess it's time to move on to Godzilla News. United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So I try to say this as often as I can here. Um, I don't actually do my own news research. All of the stuff I get here is basically from my friends out there in the kaiju universe who do their own scooping 
like guys from sci-fi-japan.com and August Ragoni. And, you know, if I come across something cool, like from other news sites that I visit or boards that I visit or any of that good stuff, that's what I'll share. There's clearly a lot more information out there. I just like to grab the nuggets and present them on the show. And hopefully you guys like hearing about that stuff. Definitely the biggest news of the last few months was actually posted today, March 29th. And I know it's 9.43 p.m., but almost 12 hours ago, the entertainment news website Variety.com posted a confirming story to the rumor from Bloody Disgusting last year. Godzilla is coming back, and most likely in a very big way. Legendary Pictures officially announced in a press release today that they are ready to start development on a new Godzilla film. There's a lot of speculation at this point. Not a lot has been revealed. But here are some key points to note. Uh, They have acquired the rights from Toho. They have decided that they're going to shoot for 2012. They don't have a director yet. However... There are some names attached to this production so far, some interesting names. The producers are Dan Lin, Roy Lee, and Brian Rogers. I don't particularly know those people, but for me, the producer of a movie isn't exactly as important as a director or an executive producer. A producer basically sort of runs behind the scenes and makes sure that the production moves smoothly. But an executive producer actually finances the film make sure that the you know the money is there and they have a lot more of the creative control for the way a movie is produced and of course a director is you know usually the visionary behind it like i said no director yet but the executive producers have been listed yoshimitsu bano was named as one of them i think we all know who he is the director of godzilla versus the smog monster i'll talk about that in a second the second name is kenji okuhira He's somewhat of a mystery to me. All I found out about him is uh, his association with a 1999 film called Pups, but just as an associate producer. The last name on the executive producer list is Doug Davidson. If it's the same person, he has had a heavy hand in many recent horror films, including some pretty substantial remakes of The Eye, Quarantine, which is a remake of the Spanish movie Wreck, The Uninvited, which is a remake of a movie called The Tale of Two Sisters. Dark Water, The Departed, which is another remake. The Grudge and The Ring. So who knows what this means, Um, especially working with, you know, with Bano. Not really sure. But I, I think I've always wanted to see a little more of a horrific edge to Godzilla in the recent movies. I really liked how... There was a little bit of that in Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, but it wasn't really very much. I actually had like this sort of daydream today of a really dark street in the rain and Godzilla's sort of stomping through like a big giant causeway where the power's out and like everything's dark. You could just barely see him, but you can totally tell that he's still the Godzilla that we know and love, but uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> But Legendary Pictures, right? Those guys have been making a lot of movies, uh, a lot of very popular movies, but, and only since 2005. Big ones include Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, both by Christopher Nolan. Superman Returns was like their second movie. Brian Singer was tied into that. 300 and The Watchmen were both done by Zack Snyder. They recently did Where the Wild Things Are. Spike Jones did that. 
And an interesting note about that, I really enjoyed how they portrayed the the monsters and why, where the wild things are. The wild things were very cool. They were like suits, but they did CGI faces. And aside from 300 and 10,000 BC and Watchmen and, you know, of course, the Batman and Superman movies, they also uh, are producing Jonah Hex, which is a comic book movie coming out, uh, I think, later this year. And more notably, Clash of the Titans, which comes out like this weekend. And I'm definitely going to see Clash of the Titans. I know it's a remake. A lot of remakes going on. They they tend to do reboots and remakes at this, uh, this production group. I don't know what kind of uh, influence they'll have on the director, but to me, this is... This is some good news. The only negative thing I would say is don't put too much stock in the fact that Legendary Pictures produce such great movies. They also, you know, have worked with Roland Emmerich, and we all know what he did. So there you go. That's the news as I have it. I will uh, follow that up by saying that the CEO of Legendary Pictures said Godzilla is one of the world's most powerful pop culture icons, and it, and we at Legendary are thrilled to be able to create a modern epic based on this long-loved Toho franchise. Our plans are to produce the Godzilla that we as fans would want to see. We intend to do justice to those essential elements that have allowed this character to remain as pop culturally relevant for as long as it has. And Jeff Robinov president of Warner Brothers, said, Godzilla is emblematic of the kind of branded event films for which Warner Brothers and our partners at Legendary are best known. We have enjoyed a great deal of success together to date, and this newest opportunity represents yet another chance for us to collaborate on a property that is very clearly in their wheelhouse. What's a wheelhouse? I don't exactly know, but you can be sure that this is going to create a giant buzz. Like just today alone, the Facebook world and the Twitterverse have been like just on fire with this news about Godzilla. And it kind of makes me sad that I I have to move on to my next news items because it's they're totally overshadowed by this really crazy news that we we just got today. And I'm really glad I could mention this in today's podcast. So there you go. So the thing I would have to share with you guys is an article on Sci-Fi Japan about a new film called Planzet from the same guys who made Negadon. And uh, if you don't know, if you don't have Negadon, really worth getting because I tell you, the coolest part about Negadon was they had a contest where you design your own kaiju. And I submitted uh, a really cool design called Shikagon and they totally put it on the disc. I was very thrilled to see that. Anyway, <clears throat> enough uh, self-promotion. Negadon creators have made this new movie called Planzet. And uh, let me just read you the first paragraph here. The year is 2053 AD. The Earth has lost a huge portion of its population to a mysterious life form that has appeared from space, space, space. With all of mankind's attempts to counterattack ending in failure, the Fuji-based Japanese area forces put their final plan to strike the enemy location into action. Operation Planzet. Yeah, see, I don't know much about it, but it looks really cool, you know, and to be honest, those guys did such a great job with Negadon. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this comes out. You can check out Sci-Fi Japan for their exclusive information. And I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, so make sure you check the show notes for that. 
My last bit of news isn't actually Godzilla related, but Godzilla and these guys are actually uh, joined hand in hand, or should I say firing fist and firing fist. Uh, if anybody remembers the Shogun Warriors, they were made up of a bunch of robots, and then there was, of course, a Godzilla. Godzilla shot the fist, and his uh, tongue was covered in fire, and you could stick it out of his mouth. Super cool nostalgia stuff for just about everybody that I hang out with, except, you know, like younger folk. But uh, regardless, they're based on, uh, except for Godzilla, they're based on original Japanese TV shows from Gonagai, uh, called, and we know them as super robots. August sent me a link for a brand new teaser trailer for Guy King, which is one of which is actually my favorite robot designed from Gonagai's uh, work. And personally, I think I may have squealed out loud when I watched this thing. I'm going to have a link to it in the show notes, but you got to check it out. Also, there's a link to uh, Ain't It Cool News, which I will post as well. Totally a first. Might not be the last. It might not ever happen again either, too. But Ain't It Cool News has a very interesting... uh, story from Harry Knowles about this whole thing. So definitely check that out in the show notes. It's really pretty cool. And thanks, August, for sending that link to me. So that's it for the news, but we're going to move on to some other tidbits of information here. Earlier in the show, you might have heard me mention that I can't actually say that I am the only podcast dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes anymore. And that is because there's a brand new podcast out there. And because I totally believe that all Godzilla fans need to stick together, I'm happy to share that this Godzilla podcast, started recently by Jesse Garrett and Thomas Mattis, have taken on the task of reviewing every single Godzilla film. Their first episode sort of encapsulated like all of the movies, and now they're getting more granular. The second episode talks about the original Godzilla, Gojira, and the Americanized version, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Make sure you check it out. I'll have the link to both their podcast and their Facebook page in the show notes. Oh, it's called uh, Tokyo SOS. And it's not too bad. It's pretty good. They're brand new at doing this, so give them a listen and definitely check them out. Uh, in a previous episode, I shared that I'm actually going to be going to Anime Oasis, which is a anime convention in Boise, Idaho at the end of May. Thursday, May 27th through Sunday, May 30th. Talked with my friend who's working with the guy there and... Looks like I'm going to be actually hosting three panels and maybe even screening a movie there. It looks like it could be a lot of fun. If you're in the area, please make sure to check it out. I'm going to see if there's anything I can do uh, for local fans. I'm not really into anime, though. I mean, it's not that I don't like it or anything. It's just that I you know, focus on the live-action stuff. So I'm clearly going to be out of my element. But there's a lot of really cool things going on there. I'll uh, once again have the link to Anime Oasis in the show notes. I should probably put like a little button on the side of the website so people can go there too. If you are in Boise, Idaho, and you are going to Anime Oasis, make sure you stop by and say hi to me. And we got a lot of time before that happens. What we don't have a lot of time before is WonderCon. WonderCon is a yearly comic book convention that takes place in San Francisco. And this year... Some friends of mine asked if I'd be interested in going with my son, Tiger. 
So the kaiju cast is invading San Fran, baby. Just totally picture me and my my entourage like walking in slow motion into the convention center with like, you know, with the Kill Bill music. And, you know, we're looking like totally awesome with sunglasses and briefcases filled with like dangerous items. And that's all a big joke. We are going, though, and I'm not doing anything special there. It's just I'm excited about going to San Francisco. So if you're in San Francisco and you listen to the show, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook or hit me up on Twitter. I would like to say hi, and I'll be wearing a Kaiju cast shirt one day. I'll probably be wearing a 501st or a Clouds of the Garrison shirt the other day. Also, I'm hoping to meet up with uh, fans there specifically my friends who live in San Francisco. But make sure that if you see a guy wearing a Kaiju cast shirt, you stop him and say hello. Um, the whole time, though, I'm going to be trying to uh, update the Facebook page and Twitter as well. Additionally, I've still got some Kaiju cast prints left. If you've been waiting in the wings for these things, I wouldn't wait too much longer because I'm going to be taking some down to San Francisco. I just sold a few more. And remember that 100% of the proceeds... From the sales of these prints, go to help poor Kyle and Tiger go to WonderCon. And, you know, other stuff too. It's only five bucks a print. Uh, the link is still up on the site. You know, make sure you get them. They're only five bucks, like six bucks shipping. They came out really nice. The poll. Oh, the two candidates for the scariest made-up monster from Godzilla vs. Gigan were Shukra and Mamagon. And it was so close. So close. But there can be only one winner. So I would like to congratulate Mamagon, the monster of two strict mothers. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to wrap up this episode so that I can go clean my room. That's going to do it. Thanks to all my roundtable guests this evening, Martin, Jody, Jeff, Cindy, Sane, and Tiger. And thank you guys so much for listening. Remember that if you hear this podcast through iTunes or some other directory, make sure you check out my website, kaijucast.com where every single episode is available for download. Along with the polls and the ordering page for the KaijuCast print and all sort of episodic goodness. Have you written to me? No? Well, you should, because I love to hear what people say about the show, be it rave reviews or you suck notes. I do take requests, too. So if you want to hear something cool or you have something to say, send an email to controller at kaijucast.com we're on the Facebook. We're on Twitter. And don't forget that next month's movie is Godzilla vs. Hydra. We'll be watching one of them. Uh, maybe the subtitled version. Maybe the dubbed one. Maybe the AIP dub. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, but I'll have to post on Facebook which one we're actually going to do. So until next time, I'm going to drop you off on Monster Island with some masterful compositions from Akira Ifukube. See you next month. Jamata!